702. The Political Desk. All right, it's been probably one of the biggest stories, certainly this week, right? The sticky situation. King Madzikane II of uh, Amapata uh, has found himself, of course, embroiled in that tender story. He, of course, married to Kusela Digo, who's the president's spokesperson. Well, it turns out he may not even be a king in the very first instance. A number of uh, the Amapata uh, complaining they only realized that he was claiming to be a king in the papers. Somebody who knows all about these sorts of things because he's a cultural expert, but also a political analyst. Uh, always a pleasure to chat to you, Professor Somatota Figeni. Good morning to you and welcome back to our program. Good morning, uh, Bongani, and good morning to your listeners. I mean, this story just gets messier and messier and messier, right? So before we get into the details of whether he's a king or a chief and what that might mean, uh, firstly, we now know, of course, that from the PEC feedback from Gauteng, uh, the ANC in Gauteng, uh, that the very person who's meant to look at the actions of uh, these members of the ANC is the former husband of the woman implicated in the saga. I mean, it just gets messier and messier. Indeed, I do think that uh, ANC will have to relook into itself because it cannot be that it is increasingly becoming synonymous with corruptions. And uh, that you do have such a close-knit family of comrades who have these networks and relationships might suggest that the roots of patronage are quite deeper than we think. Let's get into King or Chief Madzigane. I understand now that for all the headlines that refer to them as King and Queen, uh, he may not in fact be a king after all. Indeed, formally, the kings that are recognized in the Eastern Cape would be the ones that came up of the Ntapo Commission. And uh, within the Bata people, there might have been claims or even requests for recognitions. And that in itself has never come anywhere close to the recognition of kingship. Never mind that between the Makaula, the reigning chiefs there, amongst the Amabata and the Digos, there is still a contestation as to which one of these are senior. Since Madzigane's son, Napai, gave birth to these sons, Makaula and Digo. But even those two houses, historically, are not senior than the house of Sonyangwe, which is today minor and doesn't play a prominent role. So in reality, in a formal or legal sense, the kingship had not existed. But there might have been a claim from the Digo, uh, you know, royal house, that they are more senior than the Makaula house. And the Makaulas are claiming that they are the reigning ones and they are more senior. Prof, for somebody who doesn't uh, understand or perhaps even care about the intricacies of who's a king and who's a chief, uh, what is the primary difference between the two titles? A king will have many chiefs and a large, uh, vast land and sometimes even sub-nationalities underneath. And they will have consolidated these over centuries. 
you do have the Zulu kingdom, for example, the Tosa kingdom, the Bavenda kingdom, and so forth. And the chief would be specific in a particular area. And it is usually a small confined piece of land where they reign. And then below them, you'll have the headmen who are the sub-chiefs. I I ask you the relevance of that because uh, one of the things that it now appears uh, is plain is that a number of these traditional leaders, be they chiefs or kings, uh, seem to be involved in patronage networks where they do business with the state. Uh, And it gets murkier, the more senior one might be, I imagine, in terms of being given access to the kitty. Indeed, uh, the ANC traced its roots uh, to 1912 and many royal houses across southern Africa contributed to its establishment. And they have always played a prominent role. Chief Lutuli, for example, Nelson Mandela is also from a royal family. You can go on with several others, King Sabata Dalingebo, who went into exile as part of the ANC. So there is that heritage and link. But others have used that to become MPs, Nongonyana, Olomisa, several others, Matlangus, even premiers. They've used that because of their participation, but also using the fact that they are bringing a constituency of traditional leaders. And uh, unfortunately in South Africa, uh, the only route towards us, uh, you know, getting wealth has yeah. now become the one of proximity to the ruling party and therefore accessing tenders and so forth. Traditional leaders, religious leaders, political leaders have not been spared of this. And of course, as you say, if you've got a constituency to bring to the table, you'll be handsomely rewarded. It's not just about tenders and contracts, right? It's also, uh, say, during election periods, for example, where we know, I think in Bumalanga it was in 2004, uh, the provincial government there spent over 9 million rand to buy uh, expensive cars for various traditional leaders. So when it comes to uh, access uh, to contracts and uh, the PEE scandal, COVID preneurs, I think they're calling them now, now, uh, I suppose we shouldn't all be uh, we shouldn't be that surprised that this kind of thing is happening now. We shouldn't be surprised. Whilst we do not know yet the facts behind this specific tender or several tenders which are being investigated, a fact is that ANC cadership over time they have attracted more chaff in terms of people who come to gain out of being members of the ANC and access tenders of government. And the grain which used to be there has become a smaller proportion. Therefore, the parasites are beginning to overwhelm the host. Can we reform our tender system? I've made a call consistently this week uh, that, for example, I think decision makers, both at uh, political and administrative level, should not have close family and friends doing business with the state, certainly not without declaring that relationship and certainly not in the sector or area that they oversee. What's your view? Indeed, that is correct, because if you do not come up with a range of measures and see how other countries are doing with this, 
and also be ruthless in dealing with those who may even be tempted to be corrupt and make an example even with ministers for that matter. Throw them in prison, confiscate their properties, and also delist people who have done wrong. Look at how many RTP houses are poorly done jobs, toilets, and those people then uh, reincarnate themselves and do other things in other spaces. So to me, the first thing would be to professionalize public service and not put people because of their political connection. And the second one, your uh, organized crime intelligence, you send people and create an elite force that is professional, well-resourced, so that you can fight this and uh, the political will of leadership. Yeah. Nothing can replace that because if the tone is not set at the top, irrespective of which faction, which party, then this thing will always happen. But ultimately, the public consciousness as well and active citizenship, yeah. we cannot celebrate people who will steal from the public resources or the nation will collapse seems to me that the political will is to loot because we did have that elite unit and we disbanded them. Professor Somato Tafikeni, always a pleasure to chat to you.